TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. (laughs) Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Interstate Heating. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! You're in the crazy train with Tom, Dan, Greg behind the boards, myself just hanging around, and everybody up at Midwestern Shooters. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all the listeners that are out there. Yeah, good morning. Hey. Uh, morning. You remembered all the names today. Yeah. What the heck? Do you take a memory pill today? <laughs> <laughs> He's got them all down. Do they sell memory pills? I don't know. They say there's a whole bunch of pills that you can take to improve your memory. I don't know about that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I heard about a memory pill, but I forgot what the name is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so Bushy, you got oh. your buck this week. Uh, yes, I did. Hold on one second. I'm, what are you, I'm what are you forwarding doing? a picture of a big buck. That I got from one friend to another friend just to get him fired up today. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, hold fired on. Up. Sorry, hold well, me. you know, I, I hit I, the buttons here. I uh, I wanted to call my uh, my our friend Sal Marchese. He was telling me that uh, out by his property, out by Houstonsford area, he said that his son and son-in-law were in the back of the property. They saw I don't know half a dozen does. He was sitting on the patio and saw about 40 of them. He said, but during the whole week, this last week, he must have saw 100 does and not one buck. Does all over the place, but no buck. But this is the second week of deer camp, the second weekend. And uh, so whoever, a lot of people have a doe permit. So, you know, after they shot their buck, they're out there trying to shoot a doe. Is that what you're going to do? Try to shoot a doe now? Well, I'm done. I'm done You're for done? right now. I came home. I'm all wore out. Um, Scotty Olson's up there with his son, Stephen. They're uh, sleeping in a van down by the river last <laughs> night and tonight because I had the motel room in Sparta set up for last Saturday through Thursday night. Yeah. And uh, my plan was to shoot, try and get a buck, and then I... Uh, I always like to get, you know, at least maybe one dough or two, and then I have plenty of steaks and hamburger. Then I wanted to shoot a big uh, dough for John, but I I failed in, in that attempt. Now, in the end of the farm where I'm hunting, 
the deer just vacated. They just like they're not coming out on the field. And where my buddy's son Stephen is, who's twelve, he's got deer running all around, but he's holding out for a bigger buck because mm-hmm. he shot a big one with the crossbow. So now, you know, now unless it's Boone and Crockett, he doesn't think it's shootable. Whereas most twelve-year-olds <laughs> are praying just to get a shot at a spike buck. So he's got these big does running around. In fact, we, uh, I made a drive and uh, came out, and we're walking to uh, Ron, the guy who owns the place there, Scott's father-in-law, and he shushes us up and points across the field, and there's a doe feeding right along the edge of the marsh, which if I hadn't made the drive and had sat in my stand, that doe would have come by. Now it's a shootable doe, decent size. Mm-hmm. Just what I would have liked to shot for, just get for John, but anyway, we let Stephen take a couple cracks at it. It was two hundred thirty yards away. Oh wow, that's a long so shot. So he leaned against the tree. Well, he he shot that buck a couple of years ago with the two forty three, and he actually got it. Um, and that was a funny story because the deer, you know, was way way long ways away, but he had a good rest. And my bo- Scott's looking at the binoculars, and he shot, and he saw the deer hunch up, and he said, "You got him." He, he goes, get him again. He shoots and a deer hunches again. And it staggers off and topples over. It, it was amazing. He got a two shots in the chest wow. with a two forty three. Wow. But this time, not so much. He's leaning against a tree. Boom! We see corn stalks on the ground behind. Oh, goes, yeah. Go flying. Boom! Corn stalk behind again. So I don't know if he was shooting under, off to the side, and then the doe figured, what the heck? And it ran into the marsh. <laughs> so... Yeah, that would have been a good one for John. And well, anyway, Scott and Stephen are still up there hunting. They were going to be in as I don't have the motel room anymore. They were going to get in the van down by the river and try and sleep. And once they get up, the good thing about it is they'll be on their stands early because they'll be so miserable trying to sleep uh, in the van. Yes. And uh, but uh, Stephen was real nice yesterday. He says, "Bushy, I'll shoot a big doe for your friend John." And and. Um, Thinking, well, I wish you would have shot that one last night. <laughs> so anyway, if he does, if they get one, and of course they got doe tags and they tag it, uh, what we would do is take me and John would throw it in the back of the truck and go to Bucky's Fine Meats in McWanago. That would be the plan. So hopefully. You know, uh, Monday, this past Monday, I was out at Smokey's uh, Musky Bait and Tackle Shop and there was ice along the edge. Earlier in the morning when guys were going out musky fishing, they were cracking through like a half an inch of ice or so. And uh, there was still, even at 10 o'clock in the morning, there was still ice, you know, crumpled up all along the edges. And then, I mean, it was breaking up and all that. But, you know, we're we're not too far away. I mean, we got some mild weather coming up, you know. But uh, as soon as we get that next cold snap, I think we're going to see some uh, lakes freezing over. <laughs> Yeah, time yeah to break. that could be in June or July. Yeah. Time to break out the ice fishing gear for muskies. Yeah, just about. That's it, right. And people will, yeah, will people, be doing that. I think people have sure did when they first extend, extended the season through December. Mm-hmm. I suppose quick strike rigs. Mm-hmm. Of course, now this year on Pewaukee, there's, there's, if for the first time in years, I might actually go out and actually tip, tip up fish for pike because... There's some decent There's sized some dandy pike ones. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I can catch a three foot long pike out there. Mm-hmm. Of course, you still want to let them go. I want to eat one. I like eating them. I like eating I, those. I pike. eat a pike. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So is Those that my good. mission? We're going to get you. Get John a bike. I got Dole for Bucky's. <laughs> one mission at a time here. I'm a one mission super agent. I'm, I'm <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Yeah. One mission. Or like, a, what was that show? Mission uh, Impossible. Mission of, yeah, and you we will disavow, me... disavow any knowledge yeah. of us. Your mission, you. <laughs> should you choose to accept yeah. it. Walk out on the weak ice, set a tip up. <laughs> Obtain a northern pike. Oh, yeah. Return Definitely. to headquarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll disavow yeah, any knowledge of my yeah, actions if you get whatsoever. Caught, if, if you, you get, get caught. caught. Yeah, if you go think. through the ice and sink. No. You know. Is there a statute on limitations of violations? A stat- it all depends what it is. A statute of limitations? A statute of limitations, is there? Huh? Well, you got to just... confess to. No, I'm not confessing, but one of my brothers... I once threw a soda can out the window in a state park 40 years ago. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> Great knee high. My, one of my brothers was uh, retelling me the story about when he was younger with his father-in-law at the time. Uh, they were up. I forget where it was, what river it was, and there was brown trout in the river, big brown trout that would come in off of Lake Superior. Might have been the Brule or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Boise and, Brule. Yeah, and uh, he said he was retelling me the story. He told me this years ago, but he was I forgot about it, and he was telling me how they used to spear the trout out of the river, put them in gunny sacks, drag them back to the cabin, you know, fillet them all up. And I said, you realize that was illegal <laughs> back then. I mean, it's illegal now. But yeah, they, you know, eh, yeah, it was kind of, uh, yeah, you got to watch out with that stuff. I hope, like I said, it was one of my brothers. I won't well, say I knew, who. I knew, I won't say who. I knew a guy one time too that they owned some land in Denmark, uh, not Denmark, the country, but Denmark, Wisconsin. And believe it or not, in a creek there in the spring, there were some northern pike. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, some guys went and netted some of those northern pike. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and my dad knew those guys, and I remember he said... Did he help them? No, he said, <laughs> said, gee, he says, really wish I could do that. He says, but wouldn't look good. High school guidance counselor caught yeah. <laughs> poaching, netting illegal pike, he goes. Den- you know, <laughs> But he de- wished, he said to those kids, go have fun. Yeah. You know, Denmark... He's must- dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he can't, and I think the kids are dead now, too. Uh, you bring up Denmark, Wisconsin. Uh, one of my brothers-in-law, he uh, he lived in Denmark, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, it was funny. Whenever we'd go to see him, the place had one gas station, a post office. Uh, there was a bakery. I remember that. And about a half a dozen bars. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it was. I mean, it was just a little town. I mean, as a matter of fact, one of one one of these bars, and I, and at the time, I don't know, it was just so, I, it was in the morning. I don't know if it was a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, whatever it was. And I just had a hankering for a hankering, a, a hankering for a brandy old fashioned sweet, right? Oh, so well, I that, asked the person for you must a, have been a drinker back in I, the day. I asked for a brandy old fashioned sweet, and and the guy brings out the brandy. He bring, he's looking around. He. And you could see their kitchen. I mean, these were just like little hole-in-the-wall bars, you know, that yeah. they lived right there. And then he he walked through the door, and there's the kitchen right there. You see him. He goes and gets the sugar off the kitchen table. <laughs> he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He knew it had to, had to have something sugary in it, you know. You're supposed to use, like, that cherry water or whatever it is. I don't know. But anyway. For what? Uh, for a brandy old-fashioned sweet. Oh. Uh, yeah. And, and – and, Oh, and he had no bitters. He had none of that laying around. I mean, this was a shot in a beer type of place, you know. They, they didn't right, serve those is... funny 
Those fancy drinks. Denmark. <laughs> Denmark, Wisconsin. I had a buddy of mine almost got our tails kicked in Denmark, Wisconsin. We went to fish the Two Rivers nuclear plant, and it was freezing cold, spring day, caught nothing. And he wanted to stop at a hole-in-the-wall hole bar in Denmark, and he was a pool shark. So he started playing pool, and it's five bucks a game with all mm-hmm. these locals, right? Mm-hmm. So he was good, and, and now we're partners, right? And I'm, I'm like, well... I'm just kind of a, I used to play pool in college Mm -hmm. back when I should have been studying, you know, late at night. So for some reason, I was pulling shots out of my butt like I never have before. (laughs) I made like a three bank shot to beat these guys with the eight ball that I just, and, uh, and they were really getting angry with us. They thought that we were the city slickers coming to town to clean them out. So we took our money and ran. (laughs) And ran, yeah, we weren't too happy with We've it. We've had, yeah. uh, you know, during uh, the, the uh, sanding for smelt days, you know, up there, uh, up by Red Granite Park, uh, we had our run-ins at the pool tables at the local gin mills. You're you know? better off, uh, if you're fr- an out-of-towner, don't even get involved with, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, Any gin. Yeah. Yeah, you're better off just sitting <clears throat> there with your buddies talking and whatever. The, wor- the worst, I don't know. We got time for this story. The worst was when we almost got shot one time. How much time we got? Where we go to the okay. So anyway, Greg Wazey says whatever. Yeah, we got a few years minutes. ago. I knew we bumped into this guy, and I signed him up at the health club. And he, he says, "Oh, you like to fish? I don't know. Of course. How how come fishermen and hunters always gravitate? Oh. Is it the camo socks we all wear, <laughs> or is it the stink that we have? I'll or, tell you something. So when you're we all know anyway. we're hunters. Yeah. So anyway, oh, he's walleyes. Oh yeah, I catch giant walleyes through the ice. Yes, seven, eight, nine, ten pounders. Oh, I know right where to go. We'll fish all night long. So we leave on a wing and a prayer, drive all night long up to this place. Oh my God." In the water? Were you by boat? No, we're going to ice fish. And so we get up there, and uh, just as it's, I guess we didn't drive all night. We left during the day. We we got up there as it's getting dark. We drive out onto this little hole-in-the-wall lake in the middle of nowhere and set tip-ups in a snowstorm. And freezing cold. And then there's one bar on the end of this little lake. And... There was a group of guys who came out in another truck and set up next to us, and we were the only dummies on the lake. So that group went to the bar, and then we headed to the bar. And I'm getting some food, and the one buddy of mine is, uh, I think they're uh, playing pool with these guys, and they took some money. I didn't, but the other two guys. I think one was my buddy Scott. So they're playing these locals and the bartender says to me, she goes, hey, uh, if I were you guys, uh, I wouldn't buddy up with those guys over there. You know, that one guy's an ex-felon. So I go back to my buddies. Ex-felon? Felon. Yeah, he or is he a, is a he's felon. He's a felon. He's yeah. a felon. I guess there's yeah. no such thing as an ex-felon. <laughs> there's an ex-wife, but it's a felon. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I walk up and I tell these guys, and ah, whatever, you know, it's, they're just beer buddies <laughs> drinking and playing pool. But now they're taking their money and they're getting angry. Okay. So we left. We went back to fishing. Out on the ice, these guys come on out. And so next thing you know, they had some kind of little pop-up trailer that they'd taken out there, or shanty. And so my buddy Scott goes over and starts playing cards with them now for money. Mm-hmm. And he cleans them out. Well, then when he leaves, this was back in Scott's drinking days, he acts, he, there's, they've got a tackle box sitting 
by one of their mm-hmm. trucks that he grabs and puts in the back of my truck. Oh, no. It looks identical to his tackle box. But in his drunken stupor, he just sees it sitting there and grabs it. So we're trying to sleep. Three guys in the front of a truck in a snowstorm below zero. We're huddled together. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. And all of a sudden, about 2 in the morning, a vehicle pulls right up nose to nose with my truck and turns on its brights and wakes us up. We're like, mm-hmm. what's going on? What's happening? You know? So we get out and go, what's, what's going on? And they start accusing us of stealing a tackle box. Well, of course, everybody's going, we don't have your blankety-blank tackle box, blah, blah, blah. Finally, uh, Scott goes to jump out of the truck. Pat goes to jump. It's going to like be a fist fight. And all of a sudden, the guy, boom, fires a three fifty seven Magnum. He pulls it out and fires it into the air. That stopped everything. And then... Scott and Pat weren't so quick to want to fist fight. That woke me up really well. And then we're like, whoa, whoa. And then one of the guys from their guys did go around to the back, and they found the tackle box. And then we apologized profusely, saying, look, we got this other one. Looks just like it. He didn't mean to take it. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. And then they left. And I'm thinking, geez, we almost got in an argument and got shot on the ice. That was the last, <laughs> you know, we should have listened to that bartender who said, don't, yeah, don't mess exactly. with these guys. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, we got to go to a quick break. Uh, if you want to email us live during the show, just go to ceoguys at yahoo.com, or you can call us at 414-799-1250. We'll be right back with more with John, Dan, Tom, Greg on the boards on the Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Interstate Studio. Or no, that's where we're from. Presented by Interstate Stu- uh, Heating. In- Interstate Heating. I am just screwing up this morning. It is the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll be right back. Want some whiskey in your water? Sugar in your tea? What's all this crazy question they're asking me? This is the craziest party that could ever be. Don't turn on the lights because I don't want to see. Mama told me that's Welcome back. Welcome back to the uh, Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, coming to you live from the Interstate Heating Studios. This is the crazy, craziest party I've ever this seen. Every week. from every, every Saturday morning from Welcome 6 to, to the 8. crazy party. <laughs> if you're uh, not in the deer blind for the final uh, final couple of weeks, uh, Tom, you said he had a cute oh, story. Yeah, I met one of the local grocery stores, my wife and I. She had to run off and get something else while I'm standing in line. And this older guy, he looks at me, and I always wear the cutting-edge outdoors camel hat Okay, right, that I got on. Right. And this older guy, he looks at me, and he looks up at my hat. He says, so, you know, he's in line in front of me. He says, so, where was the last fish you caught? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> what do you mean, where was the last fish I caught? And I says, uh. I tell him the name of a lake. And he says, oh, yeah? Oh. He says, they got, I hear that lake's got a lot of walleyes. I said, no, not really. He says, how about them bluegills? I said, oh, yeah, it's got nice bluegills in it. Crappies? Yeah, yeah, good crappies. And then he goes on to start telling me about something that happened 50 years ago. Starts telling me a story as we're standing in line. (laughs) 
just looks at a hat and goes, when was the last place you caught a fish? I don't know. Well, you it was know, kind of fun. I mean, it was nice. Yeah, he was happy to he talk was, to yeah, a celebrity, Tom No, Newbauer, no, no, no. Uh, I think Cutting Edge Outdoors, John, No, right? I think it was just because he's seen the outdoors on my hat. That was all. Oh, no. You know, he's a, so he's no, outdoors, I mean, it's you know. like um, they know so, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah, world, let's hope so. Worldwide. Let's hope so. Yeah, there's uh, met a guy. I uh, saw another guy that I've seen several times. Uh, he, his name is Mark. He listens to the show every week. Uh, he was in getting a pair of boots, you know, for the winter. So we had a nice talk about stuff. So yeah, it was. It's all. It's always nice to talk to people about the out of doors because then I don't have to actually do any work over there at Sherpers. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just stand around and talk to people, fraternizing with the customers, <laughs> rolling smokes in the back parking lot together. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna have that. Have a smoke with Tom special on yeah, Friday. Yeah, right. That's what we'll do out in this parking lot one day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, uh, you know, the opening weekend of deer season. Um, from what I uh, numbers that I checked, Wisconsin DNR website. Yeah. The uh, buck kill, roughly, I think I'm going off the top of my head, was uh, about uh, sixty four, sixty five thousand. Maybe it was up a couple thousand over the previous year. Yeah. But the overall kill Saturday and Sunday was down. I think it was right around 125,000 last year to about 121,000 this year, roughly mm-hmm. give or take a thousand. So pretty the buck close. kill, buck kill was up. Yeah. Overall kill down a little, but pretty close. The uh, the harvest on Saturday. I talked to a DNR biologist, um, and he told me that on Saturday the report was that the overall harvest was down by 10 percent, but the winds were howling. Mm-hmm. Just terrible on Saturday. Uh, that's why a lot of people probably didn't get out in the woods, and perhaps the deer weren't moving as much. But uh, my opening day was Sunday, and I told you guys about that tripod stand. I've been yeah. working for like yeah. weeks trying to put together, and the parts were made in. China. And you didn't fall out of it, huh? Well, <laughs> the cross supports were the wrong size, so I mm-hmm. was bending them trying to make mm-hmm. it support. And when you climb up. The thing kind of shakes a little bit, but once you get in the middle and sit right in the middle of the stand, it doesn't shake so much. So you kind of keep the center of gravity in there. Yeah. So I get up Saturday, Sunday morning, and you know, I'm getting old. I don't feel like sleep getting up in the morning. I mean, it's so nice to sleep in, but you're, I'm like, you know what? I got to get onto this stand in the dark because this is an area that the deer will move up on top, kind of a, onto this ridge, kind of a bedding area. So you got to get there before they're moving off the fields. So I get up there, 6, 6.15. By the time you're done shifting around in a stand, I don't know if you know, remember, Tom, but you get in your stand and you're kind of trying to get yourself situated. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my backpack here and then I kind of turn this way. Well, I'm, I'm rustling, banging my rifle here. I got to sit like, you're getting situated so you can sit and turn quiet. And I get situated and all of a sudden I feel an alien movement coming on. Oh, I'm like, no. Oh, no, I don't have to. Right, Not, climb no. down and take a dump. No, no, no. So I thought, ooh, just think happy thoughts about, uh, <laughs> you know, the Disney. I'll think about my favorite Disney movie while I'm up here, and maybe I'll just forget it. It wasn't, a, wasn't it, well, it was 6.45 probably. I heard a sound to my left, and I thought, huh. So I kind of turn. I'm like, no, no, it's kind of more in front. And I look, and here comes this deer kind of, ghosting like a phantom kind of coming up the ridge and just Mm -hmm. appearing walking through the brush and i look and i see white rack out in front of it and i'm like holy cow so i put the uh, scope on and i was going to just take a shot as it was walking 
I thought, no, don't do that. I swung. There was an opening. As soon as it hit the opening, I made a noise, and it stopped, and I squeezed the trigger and kicked its back legs out and ran off kind of and headed down the ridge, down the finger, and uh, didn't have its tail up either. So I was sure I drilled it, but you know what? Until I see a deer laying dead, I'm always like... You never know for sure. I'm always 10% nervous. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm confident. Mm -hmm. But what I did do is I sat there, I looked at my watch, and I waited 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I thought, I'm just going to let it go. And then when I walked down to where I'd shot, you're trying to remember where you shot. And like I said, it was in some thick brush. Um, I couldn't find blood at first. But then I walked about, I don't know, five yards, and there's blood, you know, Mm -hmm. in bright red blood kicking out both sides of the trail. Mm-hmm. I, I double lunged the thing. Oh. And I found it piled up. And what, But when I walk up, all of a sudden I heard a noise in front, and I see a buck standing there. I'm like, that's my deer. And then I look at it, and it's a six-point. I'm like, that's not the deer I shot at. So there was another buck just out moseying mm-hmm. around, I suppose. Uh, the rut was still going on to a degree because the one I shot had its nose to the ground. Now, the thing is, it had, an, it had a nice white rack, reasonably high, mm-hmm. but it was broadside to me, so it never turned and looked at me. It was a narrow rack. Oh, it's still a yeah. nice deer, yeah, you know, nice eight point, uh, but I was hoping there's, there was a real monster that we saw there the week before go mm-hmm. chasing a doe up the ridge, and when I saw a white rack like that, I thought that mm-hmm. was the big boy, but oh, I was happy. I got my deer, and my plan worked out. All that work, putting that stand up, the three hundred twenty dollars, <laughs> the weeks the weeks going up there and working and sweating in the woods, I ambushed a big buck right there on that spot as I had anticipated, and I had seen that spot fifteen years ago, and I thought, you know, if I could ever get a nice stand up here, I think they'd never expect you to be here. Mm-hmm. And that buck had no clue, thirty five yards away. That's that's awesome when they're that close too. Yeah, I, that's I, the closest buck I've ever shot. That's the easiest shot I've ever had a had a buck with the rifle. I've never had those. Seems like every decent buck I ever shot was flying through a marsh. You know, mm-hmm. you hear about these deer come pose for the Kodak moment. Mm-hmm. I've never had that rifle hunting. I've had some bucks close bow hunting, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, finally I had one right in my grill. It was kind of nice. It's and I was, nice. Yeah, that's good. Makes for an easy shot too. And if I were 20 uh, years old, I would have just immediately been done hunting. My season would have been over, and I'd have been back at that bar in Denmark (laughs) playing pool for a week. (laughs) Hey, we got to go to a break, folks. Uh, When we come back, we're going to do the gut report, and then after the 6.45 break, we will be playing Hornschwaggle, brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages. Answer two or three questions that Bushy gives you correctly, and you will win a $10 gift certificate. So we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, uh, presented by Interstate Heating right out there in Sussex. We'll be right back. Sports Flash, right, right now. Good morning from the Master Z's WSSP Sports Update Studio. I'm Greg Janik. Master Z's on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. And in the Bayshore Town Center on Silver Spring Drive. Legendary Fan Cave, where family fun is still affordable. First on the fan, number six, Wisconsin, hosts Minnesota today at Camp Randall. The Badgers have won the last 12 games against the Gophers, the longest win streak for either team in their 126-year-old rivalry. Kickoff for the game is at 2.30, and the game can be seen on the Big Ten Network. 
Wisconsin's ticket has already been punched for the Big Ten championship game after Iowa crushed Nebraska 40-10 yesterday. The Badgers will represent the West Division and face the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game. Green Bay looks to get back to their winning ways on Monday when they travel to Philly to take on the Eagles. The Packers have lost four in a row and sit at four and six, but quarterback Aaron Rodgers believes the the team can still put it together. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. I think uh, the offense is starting to click uh, a little bit more. We just got to put together a game where we're consistent from the first snap to the last. We've been, uh, I think, getting closer to that. We've really been clicking at times in the last few games, but I just feel like it just takes one. We get one under our belts, things might start rolling for us, and we can run the table. The Milwaukee or kickoff for that game is at 7.30, and that game can be seen on ESPN. Milwaukee Admirals take on Manitoba today with puck drop at 6 o'clock. Our coverage begins at 5.30 right here in the fan with the voice of the Admirals, Aaron Sims. You can read more online at 1057fmthefan.com. This update is brought to you by Master Z's. Cash in on Master Z's Black Friday specials the whole month of November. Master Z's, home of the legendary fan cave where family fun is still affordable. Located in Waukesha and Bayshore or online at masterz's.com. And I am Greg Janik for Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by V Marchese Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, I bet a bunch of you people got a bunch of leftover turkey sitting around the house after Turkey Day on Thursday. But you know what? I love it. I always make a big turkey every year because after Turkey Day, then then comes the the, the stuff where you can really be creative, right? You got to make your turkey salad, your turkey sandwiches, your turkey casserole, your shredded turkey with barbecue sauce, and many, many more things you can do with all that leftover turkey. And you know what? I love it. My family loves it. We just really enjoy all those different things. So you know what? Use your imagination to come up with all kinds of different recipes to use the turkey with. And I do like the shredded turkey with barbecue sauce. That's always good. You know what? There's more to be thankful for than just turkeys on Turkey Day. I like all those leftovers. The Guff Report was brought to you by V Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V Marchese Produce. Insist on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and 919 North Barstow in Waukesha, or that's Main Street in Barkesha. Um, excuse me, or that's Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. You know, sometimes people like to put in the address into their GPS unit in their vehicle. Yeah. To find a place, you know. and uh, Look at a map. Yeah, usually I say Main Street in Barstow, but... Sometimes people like that 919 because then they know exactly, you know, they plug some, it in and there people, they go. Some people, all they want to do is plug plug in and... and I don't always trust those things. No. No, no I don't. You know, some people, I mean, it's all they want to do all in, for the rest of, the, rest of their life is plug their head in a socket. You know, uh, you know, we as a society with these smartphones and the GPS is in the thing, especially with all the smartphones, we're getting dumber. Dumb operator you know, smartphone. Remember how, you know, people used to remember phone numbers. You would remember hundred. I mean, maybe not hundreds, but lots of phone numbers, right? Now, you don't have to remember them. You just go on your phone, scroll down, okay, hit the button for that person. 
But if you had, if somebody says, "Hey, what's that person's number?" You go, oh, "I don't know." You know, I got to look on my phone. When we used to remember all that stuff, you know, right. and same right. thing with information then, about different things. You know, we used to remember it. Now we don't have to. And then if you right on the phone, and then if you lose your phone, you're screwed. oh, you're screwed. Yeah. Or I had yeah. one friend of mine. He hit the wrong button and somehow erased all his contacts. He was oh, trying to get rid of one. He got rid of all of them. Now he's got none. And so talk about totally screwed. Uh. Oh man! I know. Just just getting dumber with this stuff because we have machines to do it for us. One you know? little yeah, one one little device, and it can mean so much. Yeah, who would who would have ever thought you know years ago that you could have literally you know that computer right in your hand that could tell you everything. You know, you, you, know. Were, you were talking about your gut report leftover turkey. And oh yeah. Now you're bringing back bad memories, buddy. Bad right? memories. Bad memories. You know. I remember as a kid, boy, I should have complained more when I was a kid. If I were like today's kids, I'd have been complaining all the time. I'd be out deer hunting. A, would never see deer. B, I'd always freeze my feet. Dad had the good boots. I had the cheap ones. They were like the green ones with just the with light. Felt. They, no, these didn't have felt. Dad had the good ones with felt. These were green, and they sat on the bottom by the heel, made in Korea. No, underneath by the sole, made in Korea. But they'd said insulated on them. So he'd be like, oh, they say insulated. Your feet should stay warm, boys. My feet would freeze in that. Those were, they, were just, they were just like rubber with like uh, a piece of cloth inside, and they said insulated. Well, then after Thanksgiving, we'd always go hunting on that Friday, and guess what we'd get for sandwiches, Tom? Turkey sandwiches. Yeah. But get this. It was the big hunk of white meat, white turkey meat. Which is usually dry. Really dry. On a piece of like white bread, right? Soggy white bread. Your, you know. Your typical. Wonder bread or whatever. Yeah. No, no butter. No mayo. No mayo. No. No lettuce. No nothing. Yeah. And and they'd slap that on a piece of bread and put it in some bake. You know, I got to complain to my mother on that one because... (laughs) Or maybe it's dad. Maybe she she could give a rat's behind about the deer hunting, and she let dad be the one making the sandwiches. Mm. I don't know, Dude. but I'll tell you what. And then when you're hunting, Tom, in, like, I don't know, 13-degree weather, those that dry turkey gets hard. Frozen dry turkey. <laughs> you lose a molar. And that's all I had to gnaw on. And I, when I say you didn't eat it, you gnawed on it yeah. like a porcupine yeah. chewing yeah. a tree. You gnawed on that sandwich, and you were happy with it. Well, let me ask John and Bushy, do you, do you guys like horseradish? Love it, yeah. Yeah? I like horseradish, too. My, my, my son, Nick, his father-in-law, Bob, who lives out here in Muskego, and I'm going to do this next year. He grew horseradish last year. He grew his own. And then he runs it, he peels it, and then runs it through this grinder several times. Now, I got to find out if he adds something to it, like vinegar or something, if you got to add something to it, and then he cans it. And he gave me a jar, oh, about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, whatever. That stuff is wonderful. That I mean, just homemade stuff, you know? I mean, if you want to mix it with something else, like with mayonnaise or whatever. But I'll tell you, that that homemade coarse Hash, horseradish, I mean, I like it. A lot of people don't like it, you know, but you can't use too much of it. Otherwise, it, you know, really clears your not, your sinuses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it is kind of strong. But it, it's really good on a lot of different things. But is, I'm going to grow that next year. 
Is it good for you? Yeah, horseradish, I, I've heard it is it help, good like, for you. Does it help like clean out your colon and stuff like that? If you eat too you know, much, like, it might. Could you might go, burn could a little you go bit. on a five-day horseradish <laughs> cleanse? <laughs> yeah. might, might burn a little bit. <laughs> hey, listen, we got to go to a break, but we need a caller to play Bushy's Hornschwaggle. It's brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. Win a $10 gift certificate to Bucky's. All you got to do is answer two out of three questions correctly correctly that Bushy's going to give you, and it's about the out-of-door stuff. So give a call at 414-799-1250. Now, if you have won in the last month, don't call because we got to give other people chances, all right? So that's about it. Give us a call, 414-799-1250. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Great, great tune, man. Welcome back to the Interstate <laughs> Heating Studios. This is the Midwestern Shooters Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. And we have Rob on the line to play Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle. Mr. Douglas, I have a tractor for you. <laughs> Good morning, Rob. Good morning. How are you? Now, wait up. Now, your buddy is sitting is sitting by you or near you or what? He's right next to me. Oh, you guys were calling at the same time? Yeah. And you yeah, got in and he did it. You know, he said, God darn it, is that guy's name Rob who got it? Well, now listen. <laughs> I know. I know. I said, what are you doing to me? Oh, I'm on way home from work. Well, okay. I'll tell you what, if you get the, if you win, which you probably will, uh, you get that certificate and then you can, if you go and get like some jerky or something. Yeah, you, you guys can, can share go all together at work. Yeah. Share it. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, here we go. Hunting. I just got back from deer hunting. So, uh, if a liver shot, a liver shot, a liver shot on a whitetail with a rifle is fatal, but you can sometimes end up chasing that deer a long ways. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Uh, ask your buddy next. Hey, ask your buddy next to you. <laughs> Hornswoggle? No, that's a no hornswoggle. Eh? Yeah, oh. the liver shot is a tough, uh, yeah, it's a fatal, but it's tough. They can go, it doesn't stop them. But here's another one from Shooting Deer. It's a known fact that if you shoot a, a deer square through both ears, it will disorient them so much that they will stand for another shot. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Ah, that's Hornswoggle. That's a Hornswoggle. (laughs) It'll just hear a real whistling noise in its ears for the rest of its life. Okay. And fall over dead. (laughs) All right. Okay, you're one out of two. Next one. Uh, The Boise Brule River, the famous, world-famous Brule River up there, uh, runs out of Lake Superior. Uh, Very famous President Eisenhower once fished there. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? No Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. Good job. All right. You won. Well, good Get your information and thanks for listening, guys. Hey, hey and, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll right, mail that out. Man. I'll mail that out to you uh, Monday, and you'll be able to go out to Bucky's. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, guys. Bye now. You're welcome. Bye. 
Uh, yeah, the the Hornschwaggle was brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. And uh, don't forget, they also do deer processing. So you can take your deer over there and have them cut it up any way you like it. So have them make some sausage out of it, like they say in Chicago. Sausage. <laughs> what? Instead of sausage, a lot of them say sausage. Take well, off, hey, you're a sausage. At, at least like, that's what the way it used to be on you Saturday big Night Live. Sausage, you. <laughs> Buddy of mine used to call uh, people sausages. I kind of like that. He goes, he's uh, such a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds better than saying the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, picture a big Johnsonville brat. <laughs> he's a sausage. We well, all know him. They're yeah. living amongst us. Sausages. Yes. You know, I, well. They're driving down the highway next to you. They're standing in line at the convenience store buying smokes and lottery tickets. Yeah. <laughs> sausages. Yeah. Sausages. Um, where were we before? I have no, no god dang uh, clue. Uh, no clue whatsoever. Uh, oh, boy. I, other than I'm just deer, at a loss. Other than deer with two holes yeah. through their ears, both yeah. ears. That would kind of have drop per, it have, dead, wouldn't it? Have permanent whistling. <laughs> wouldn't that kind of drop hey, it dead? Hey, talking about top, dropping dead, I would use the new load for my 44 rem mag, the mighty Ruger Deerfield carving. Let me tell you, that's a nice little rifle. They go for over a grand. People, wow. they can't. Yeah. Can't they? Ruger quit making them in 2006. But anyway, I had been using uh, different loads. I tried the Hornady Lever Evolution 225 grain. And I'd read some bad reports on it. Then you hear some good reports on it, like anything on the Internet. Sucks great. Sucks great. You get all these yeah. you know, reviews. But anyway, that did apparently t- tended to be more of a frangible bullet where it might kind of, you know, blow up or whatever. Not, not. So then I went to Hornady 240 Green XTP. And uh, then I started thinking, though, that's a jacketed hollow point. But I thought, you know, if a guy hits a great big buck, you know, a big bruiser buck mm-hmm. and hits him in the shoulder. Now, I typically aim behind the shoulder, mm-hmm. ruins less meat. But if you hit him in the shoulder, you want something that's not going to blow up on the shoulder and, you know, just break yeah. the shoulder but not punch through. So I read reviews on the Winchester White Box, 240 grain jacketed soft point. It's mm-hmm. not a hollow point. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go with the soft point because I want something that if I hit a big bruiser in the shoulder, it's going to penetrate through and leave a blood trail. Mm-hmm. And I hit that thing behind the shoulder, double-lunged it, and still had great expansion. Plugged right through and mm-hmm. left a big hole on the other side so it didn't, like, just drill a hole straight through without mm-hmm. expanding. And so the Winchester white box, they're inexpensive. You can buy them <laughs> in boxes of 50, and for 44 meg hunting, that's going to be my go-to round. And that box of 50 will last a long time. Well, not the way I like to throw <laughs> lead, Tom. <laughs> I like to pull the trigger. Yeah, but you don't shoot deer like I shoot squirrels. Actually, I only made. Actually, I only took two shots this year. I shot that one, and then uh, I was sitting on the field that night in a stand, and a doe came was across the field, and uh, I took one shot. It disappeared. That one that was with the two forty three, mm. with the diminutive two forty three, mm. shooting a ninety five grain super performance. Mm-hmm. At thirty-one eighty-five. I was, feet per I was just going to say that's going thirty-one, thirty-two hundred. That's feet cooking per second. along, that's, man. That's, that's going fast. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I got a custom trigger on that. It's the, the gunsmith would only set it at three pounds, but let me tell you, 
three pounds is all you need because when you're used to squeezing the trigger on the other one, I'm lining up on the deer and I'm thinking, okay, right about right here, yeah. And you kind of normally you start to kind of get the crossers on and go mm-hmm. into your squeeze with that trigger pull. Get nothing. Boom! The gun goes off. <laughs> oh, the deer's down. Yeah. I mean, you just you know that that's got such <laughs> a clean break. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. brother shot a nice buck up in Douglas County. Yep, you know mm-hmm. the, wealth, the wealthiest state up in Douglas County. Did you rent the land your land out to well, him? Well, <laughs> he's one of the co-owners. He okay. he too is a wealthy landowner okay. from Douglas County. All right. All right. Um. So anyway, uh, he was standing on the estate. And he went down to a little field that I've always dreamed of shooting a deer. I think I shot at a running doe in this little field years ago. It's way down at the end of a ridge. Used to be a hay field when my dad grew up as a kid. Now it's just an overgrown nothing field. Um, Anyway, um, he's sitting there at night and he looks. He sees a deer going through the tall grass. And then all he can see is the head and neck. And it turns and looks up towards him. And he's kind of up the hill at the top of the field. And he can see it's a buck with a nice rack. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting down on a little little uh, pail, the old school, you know, like you take a five-gallon bucket, turn mm-hmm. it upside down. That's like a deluxe stand up there <laughs> the, compared to like a, you know, a cold stump. And uh, anyway, he sat there and uh, he leaned his rifle kind of against some thorn. See, there was some little vegetation. He kind of used a little bush as a makeshift kind of a rest. Mm-hmm. It, and he put the front of the yeah. rifle there. And he kind of lined it up on the neck, and he's thinking about, boom, he says, the gun went off. He just subconscious, he's got a sharp trigger pull, and he nailed it in the neck at 170 yards and dropped it. Wow. As a 10-point, too. Wow. Yeah, he was happy as could be. Well, that's one last 10-pointer for you up on your land, of his life. (laughs) Well, he pays a tax. With Greg, he's uh, sitting here ready to tell you all what's going on in the world of sports. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Interstate Heating, right out there in Sussex. We'll be right back. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 